My name is Prof Jane Snowball and the topic of today's lecture is aggregate demand when the price level varies. So this is looking at aggregate demand and supply in the short run. It's an application or a further application of the Keynesian model um, looking at the demand side of the economy. Now the first thing we need to talk about is the long run and the short run. The long run is defined as enough time for the supply side of the economy to adjust so that real GDP is equal to potential GDP. So remember that potential GDP is when all of the factors of production, so that's labor, capital, technology, are being used at their normal rate of production. So the long run is long enough for all the factors of production and their prices, like wages, to adjust so that all the markets are in equilibrium. In the short run, we know that some supply side things are sticky. And a good example of this is wages. So sticky means that they take some time to adjust. And this is quite realistic. So if you have a job or you've worked before on a permanent contract, you know that you can only negotiate your wage usually once a year. So if something changes during that year that you weren't expecting, you can't respond with a demand for a higher wage rate. You have to wait until the next bargaining opportunity arrives. So because wages tend not to adjust um, as quickly as other kinds of prices, in the short run it is possible to be at short run equilibrium but not at long run equilibrium. So a long run equilibrium would be when the economy is at full employment. So that's short run and long run equilibrium together at Y star, which is potential GDP. If you're below full employment, then that means you're in a recession. And if you're above full employment, that means you're in an inflationary gap. Just like in microeconomics, equilibrium in macroeconomics is where aggregate demand is equal to aggregate supply. So aggregate means added up all of the uh, demand categories in the economy, so that's C plus I plus G plus net exports, and aggregate supply would be the supply of goods and services by all firms in the economy. Equilibrium would be where there's no shortage or surplus. So equilibrium just really means um, a stable point. So there's no pressure on prices to rise or to fall. Let's have another look at aggregate demand. The quantity of real GDP demanded is divided into different spending categories. C for consumption, G for government spending, I for investments, and X minus M, meaning net exports. The aggregate demand curve shows us the relationship between real GDP and the price level. So in microeconomics, you would be looking at uh, price and quantity of a particular good. In macroeconomics, you're looking at aggregate demand, so demand for all goods and services, against the price level, which is some index or average measure of prices in the economy. There's a negative relationship between the price level and GDP, just like in microeconomics. Think about whether you can explain why. The first reason is because of what's called the income effect. So a rise in price level means a drop in the purchasing power of a particular household's uh, income. So a rise in prices means a reduction in real income. There's also something called the substitution effect. So this is when, uh, let's say, prices are rising very fast in South Africa, 
we would tend to reduce the demand for South African goods and services and increase the demand for goods and services bought from other countries. And that's known as the substitution effect. What about aggregate supply? Aggregate supply has got two measures, aggregate supply in the short run and aggregate supply in the long run. In this podcast, we're just going to be looking at aggregate supply in the short run. The aggregate supply curve shows us the relationship between real GDP, the quantity of goods and services that are supplied, and the price level. But it holds some certain things constant, um, so these don't change. Money wage is one of them. The price of other factors of production, electricity price, oil price, transport costs, and potential GDP. The aggregate supply curve is upwardly sloping or has a positive relationship with the price level because remember that for profit maximizing firms, higher prices being offered for their goods and services is a good thing. So that means that we have to, if we want to encourage firms to produce more goods and services, the marginal cost of production increases right, as they produce more and so prices will also have to rise. So let's have a look at macroeconomic equilibrium. Remember that aggregate demand has a negative relationship with the price level. This means that at very high price levels, there's a lower quantity of goods and services demanded. Short-run aggregate supply has a positive relationship with the price level, indicating that when price levels are higher, this acts as an incentive for firms to provide more goods and services. Where the two meet, that gives us macroeconomic equilibrium in the short run. It's going to determine the level of prices in our economy. So that gives us a particular price level, P0. It also determines the level of real GDP, Y0. So that's macroeconomic equilibrium. What changes the short run aggregate supply curve? There are two things. But there are also two kinds of movements, right? So if there's a change in the price level, this causes a movement up or down the aggregate supply curve. But if there's a change in anything else, this causes a shift of the whole curve, uh, an increase or a decrease. The first one is a change in potential GDP. So thinking back now um, to the classical model podcasts, Remember that the things that determine the supply side of the economy are things like the quantity of labor employed, um, the quantity of capital, that's machinery and equipment, maybe also the quality of, of workers in terms of human capital, so their training and experience, or a change in technology. So any of these would be a shift determinant of the short-run aggregate supply curve. If there's a change in some of the things that we assumed constant along any particular supply curve, for example, a change in resource prices, wages being a very important part of that, then this would have made production cheaper or more expensive. And so that's also going to shift the short-run aggregate supply curve forward or back. What about the aggregate demand curve? Expectations are a very important part of what shapes aggregate demand. And this is what Keynes referred to as animal spirits. So he noticed that sometimes, particularly things like uh, investment, were very much affected not by what was happening now, 
but what was, was expected to happen or predicted to happen in the future. So expectations are something that can shift aggregate demand. A change in expected wealth. So if you expect the economy to grow very quickly in the next five years, you might be tempted to invest in factory, building a factory or building a hotel now in order to capitalize on that. Similarly, you may have seen reported in newspapers something called the Business Confidence Index. Right. So the reason that we're interested in this is because when business people are feeling confident, they're more likely to invest, and when they're not feeling confident, then they are less likely to, to invest. So this is around their expectations. Perhaps you also expect price levels to change in the future, and this may change your spending decisions now. So if you expect inflation to be very fast in the future, you may be tempted to increase your spending now before price level rises. Fiscal and monetary policy, which we look at in later podcasts, are also very important determinants of aggregate demand because they cause a change in disposable income, so that's what households have to spend, through changes in tax rates or changes in government spending. A change in the money supply can also stimulate spending, aggregate demand, or reduce it. Finally, what's happening outside of your country is also a really important determinant of aggregate demand. A change in the exchange rate can make our goods look cheaper or more expensive to the rest of the world, and that can encourage or discourage imports and exports. There may also be a change in the income of people in other countries. So, for example, during the financial crisis, South African banking system wasn't really affected, but we were caught in the second wave because our major trading partners all had a decrease in their real GDP, and as a result, they could afford to import less, so there was less demand for South African goods and services. Our example is going to be an interesting one that also happened in South Africa, which is the Soccer World Cup. Now, this is coming up uh, in Russia in 2018. And one of the things that you have to do when you host a major sporting event like the Soccer World Cup or the Olympics or the Rugby World Cup is you need to invest, right? So governments need to commit to increasing government spending. What do they spend on? Well, stadiums, of course, but also infrastructure, roads, transport systems, ensuring that there's enough accommodation, and so on. So hosting something like the World Cup can result, before the event has even happened, in a big boost to your economy. If there's a rise in government spending, this causes a shift of the aggregate demand curve to the right, as we'll show just now on the diagram. Aggregate demand is therefore more than aggregate supply at a particular price level. When that happens, prices begin to increase. So just like demand and supply for an individual good, when you have some kind of a shortage, then the price of that good tends to go up. The same thing happens in an economy overall if you have a big increase in one of the spending categories. So when you have a rise in price, uh, there's a bit of a fall in the quantity of goods and services demanded. So this causes a movement along the aggregate demand curve. At the same time, firms are encouraged, prices are higher, produce more goods and services, and so there's a movement along the aggregate supply curve as well.
At the point where aggregate demand is equal to aggregate supply at the new equilibrium, this is where equilibrium or the stable point is restored. How does it look? GDP has increased more demand and more supply, but the price levels have also risen, so there's been a bit of inflation. Let's have a look now at what happens to our model when the increase in government spending as a result, for example, of some mega event happens. So going back to our original starting point, where aggregate demand is equal to short-run aggregate supply, this gives us our first macroeconomic equilibrium point, which is related to a particular price level in the economy, P0, and a particular level of real GDP, Y0. Since government spending is an injection component of aggregate demand, an increase in government spending will shift the aggregate demand curve outwards from AD0 to AD1. If we stay at the same level of prices, you can see that there is not equilibrium. So what this represents here at, the, at P0 is that aggregate demand, which has increased, is more than short-run aggregate supply, which has stayed the same. This results in a shortage of goods and services. When there's a shortage of anything, two things happen. The increase in price encourages firms to increase their output, causing a movement along the short-run aggregate supply curve. It also slightly reduces the quantity of aggregate demand, since goods and services are now more expensive. This leads us to a new equilibrium point, which is at an increased price level, P1, but also at an increased level of real GDP. So in other words, there's been some economic growth from Y0 to Y1. What's coming up next? We've been building our model, looking at the supply side, looking at the demand side, first when prices were constant, now when prices are allowed to vary. But what we're missing, the last bit, is the long-run equilibrium. Okay, so we've talked about short-run equilibrium where aggregate supply is equal to aggregate demand. Now what we need to do is to add the long-run again. Now this links the whole model together with the classical uh, model production function and um, the labor market. So aggregate demand determines the price level, but it doesn't really have an effect in the long-run on the amount that your economy can produce.